Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm your last best with me as always is Brother Bieschke. Hello. The briny Brother Lucas. Yo, yo, yo. With a pickle-centric Zoom background, Brother Dave is back with us in the house tonight. Shalom, everybody. And Lodge favorite, the incomparable. Brother Zach is back. I, I also must say shalom. Double shalom. <laughs> we are covering a movie tonight called... An American Pickle, and it is a Seth Rogen double starrer. It stars Seth Rogen and Seth Rogen. It's one of those films. Did, did anybody have any preconceived notions of this? This is one of those movies, again, I had zero awareness, like zero. So when you guys were talking about it, I had no frame of reference. I had no idea what it was, didn't know what it was. <laughs> so it was a total surprise. You were just going with the pickle talk. You were going along with it. I read this short story in The New Yorker when it was it was a two-parter. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I remember reading it and enjoy, quite enjoying it. I want to say like 2012, maybe. So it was like, it was called The Sellout, and it was written in New Yorker. Um, Simon Rich, I want to say, is the writer, and he also adapted it. And I think he's like an SNL writer or something. Um, sure. So that was, I knew, and then I knew they were making a, a film out of it. And I saw the the trades when they announced that, uh, they sold it to HBO, so that was like... So I was curious how it was going to turn out. Brother Dave, what's your history with The Pickle? This is a project that actually I've been aware of for quite a while because I, I happened to read the script a few years ago, came across my desk, I took a look at it. Uh, so I Ooh, insider scoop! I was aware of this project, and um, I'm what you might call a bit of a Rogan aficionado. Mm, yes, that makes sense with your Apato lust. Yeah, it all goes back to uh, Freaks and Geeks, man. You know, like that was the, the high point for me. So I've had my Rogan fan club membership since then, and he really hasn't done much to throw me off of my fandom. For a guy who works as much as he does, I feel like he... So you were pumped for this? Yes, I was. I mean, not unrealistically, but uh, <laughs> I, I was looking forward to it. <laughs> Ed Bischke, did you have any knowledge of this? What were your feelings going into the pickle? I didn't have anything. I was like, <laughs> just like, Rogan versus Rogan, let's do this. So let's get into it. They start with a flashback to the, to the old fictional country, country of Schlopska and uh, Herschel, who is the Rogan from the past, has his eye on a young lady played by Sarah Snook from Succession, which if any of our listeners have not experienced Succession on HBO, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? Turn this off, throw your phone in the garbage disposal and just fucking turn it on and binge it. Like, you got to do it. I love I it. Yeah. Succession's yeah. four bones. Yeah, best show on TV right now. Yeah. And so we kind of see them get together in the past and have dreams of the future and their progeny becoming successful. Well, he has a dream. He has a dream to be able to one day make enough money that he can drink seltzer water. 
That's true. <laughs> There's a lot of seltzer water talk, yeah. which is right in line with 2020. As I drink my limoncello LaCroix right. as we record this. And her her dream was to be able to make enough money that they could afford a nice gravestone one day. I think th those were the two <laughs> dreams, seltzer and uh, and uh, respectful burial, I think were the two ambitions. Yeah. They move to America. He has a job killing rats at the pickle plant. He falls into the big vat of pickles and then they condemn it immediately. And he's stuck in the vat for a hundred years. So that's kind of the setup. He comes out of the vat preserved perfectly and they do the thing where there's a press conference and they say via narration, it was scientifically explained to everybody's satisfaction and it was all taken care of. And we don't need to talk about the far-fetched nature of this setup any longer. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciated all that. The briskness of how quickly it moved into its high concept premise. It just, I was like, okay, we set it up. Let's see what we're going to do with this. So I was, I was, I liked this, the pace. And then he is matched up with his sole living relative, which is played again by Seth Rogen, Ben, who is his great grandson. And then they just kind of hang out for a bit, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Spike Jones adaptation. There's a brisk start. They set it all up. They get you there. And then... I, I just don't know what they do with it then, you know, like yeah. they, they were in such a hurry to get us set up and then we're just kind of chilling. Well, there's a bit of a culture clash narrative being set up, right, where you got the the guy from the past adapting to modern society. And then obviously there, there's some gags about hipster Brooklyn and how Herschel kind of fits in because everyone's so artisanal and bespoke and you know, he blends right in with his facial hair and his outfit and the way he makes pickles. Right. Yes, definitely. And there's a lot of very easy humor with that. And I feel like, at least in my experience of this, the setup felt like it was going to be an update on idiocracy. And in 2020, if you're doing that, you know, the frozen guy wakes up in the future and comments on the crazy shit he sees. If you're going to do that, like... The opportunities for parody are limitless, and that's what makes this kind of almost perversely narrow focus right. and simplistic scope frustrating to me. Like I was, I was pretty frustrated by it because they're basically just they're doing an ad for Soda Stream. He's ex he's excited about the seltzer water, which is great, and the clothes. It, it but it doesn't it doesn't have huge ambitions and no. I I get accused of putting square pegs in round holes a lot with these movies maybe it doesn't want that but oh it just seems like a missed opportunity for me I don't know yeah I second all that I feel the same way look I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that it did have big ambitions but those ambitions weren't necessarily comedic and that might be an issue with mm. the movie mm. yeah yeah, I see that. I see it that. seems like it's so broad, like it'll be really funny, like you're saying, Lodgemaster. But yeah, it really does go for the smaller dramatic moments, which are kind of funny in like an ironic way or just like intellectual way, you know, because it's like treating it so seriously with like gravitas and like every con like every action has real world consequences, you know, which is kind of funny. I think the premise is kind of the 
generation that came over on the boat sacrificed so much to make a better life for those that came after them. What should be the humor of it is the disappointment between the aspirations of the hardworking immigrant generation with the modern like sloth of 2020. Which could be hilarious, but but the younger guy isn't a sloth, really. Like, it's not pointed enough, you know? For me, my big takeaway on on why it doesn't work that well, you know, it's interesting that you brought up idiocracy, and then, of course, there's, like, there's sleeper. So there's there's the Rip Van Winkle aspect to it. But then there's, to me, take that out of it for a second. And the problem with it is, is it's trying to be like this fish out of water story. So then you look at the great comedy fish out of waters, being there, the jerk, uh, elf. for sure. um, You know, these, and and the problem with this is we have two co-leads, Herschel's kind of the funny man and Ben is the straight man, I guess. But I'm not really rooting for one over the other as they try to sabotage each other. And yeah, I agree. It doesn't really go anywhere. Like kind of one of the great things about those other movies is that the main character is almost like this simple idiot, oblivious to being a simple idiot. And it's a commentary on the rest of society, how they react and elevate the idiot or whatever, being their right. jerk, elf, all those have that. But in this, like there's a few moments where we're kind of making fun at how people react to, yeah, artisanal hipster culture with the pickle brine, how gross it is. And everyone's like, this is amazing. It's so authentic. Like, you know. <laughs> But he starts not- making artisan pickles that become a big hit with hipsters, and he only uses rainwater and produce that he finds in the trash. And he's abusing interns, and you know, it's not, it's like it's almost like it has a few jokes, like a, a half dozen jokes about hipster culture or like startup tech culture. But they kind of like Bishke's saying, like the beginning had this like clip pace, but I feel like every time yeah. they'd get to a new section of friction, it would be like a montage and we just like move through it and move yes. through it and move through it. And there were no like real, there were like very few set pieces where we lived in watching a character try and do something and struggle and like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So it was, and I didn't, I wasn't really rooting for the Ben character to do anything like. Well, um, it feels, um, it feels arbitrary that Herschel and Ben turn on each other right. for the majority of the movie. Like why, who thought that that was a good idea? Yeah. Like who thought that that was the right move to make, to make it funny in an 89 minute long fucking movie? It's like not fun that they're sabotaging each other. I, at least it wasn't for it's me. It's weird because in the short story, I feel like you have both, at least my memory of it was, it was both funny and kind of poignant in, yeah, people reflecting on the sacrifice that their ancestors made for them and that Ben could care less about, you know, going to the synagogue or whatever is very relatable for me. But um, I, I just feel like there wasn't like a lot of humor dr- like drawn out of it. They, You're right. They went for the, uh, they kind of went for the heart value whenever they encountered that. And yeah. They, and it wasn't really that moving or like, I don't know. It was. And they basically turned Herschel into Borat. <laughs> right. With his antiquated ideas clashing with modern day sensibilities. But it's all so predictable. Like I just, I just really expected a sharper take on this setup. And I don't know. B- Bishki, what are you, what were you thinking during this? Um, yeah, I mean, I was just kind of searching for the themes it was trying to go for because it was kind of all over the place. 
you know, it was, it's a moving target. And yeah. at times I thought it hit the mark, but then we kind of move on to the next thing. But I kind of liked how quickly it was moving because if it did dwell on just him and Rogan in a Rogan and Rogan in an apartment for, <laughs> you know, an hour and a half, I don't know if I could handle it. But um, you and your one setting movie phobia. But I do have. Yeah, I do have. Uh, I do have a love for the high concept. Like I saw potential there. And I, and I think sure it certainly could have. If it's centered, especially when he kind of goes on, he he becomes this internet sensation for some of his free speech, and and right. he kind of goes on a like a like a kind of Jordan Peterson talking tour of the country, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I thought that they could have milked that for more. I thought, but the, but then it feels like the movie's too short to deal yeah. with any of this. Yeah. So it's just like a sampler platter of all this stuff. They're throwing it all at the wall to see if anything sticks. And to me, it just all feels like a series of funnier die skits kind of strung together. Now, Super Rogan fan, brother Dave. What are you thinking as we slowly dismantle this American pickle? What what's going through your mind right now? Uh, you know, I I can't disagree with anything I'm hearing. However, I <laughs> I do believe the movie has positive qualities, a lot of them that, you know, should be Bring the love and light. Bring the love and light into this brain. Well, before <laughs> I forget, I actually want to talk about one negative thing real quick because I I do find it fascinating to kind of dissect why it's not as successful as we all seemingly feel it could have been. And it was actually right. something my wife pointed out well, in the middle of the movie. She was doing analysis, which almost never happens, but she was frustrated. <laughs> and she was like, once the rivalry starts, she was like, oh my God, like this Ben character is a fucking psychopath. Like how on earth do you, yeah. do you treat your, your ancestor who miraculously comes into your life and I don't care. Supernaturally like, comes into your life. Yeah. I, I, like, and obviously there's going to be a culture clash and he's not going to understand and he's going to put his foot in his mouth, whatever. Like, I don't care. You, you don't sabotage his life and like try and make him destitute. Right. Like that. Yeah. So it's hard to root for Ben after that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. And I, I, you know, I can't disagree with that. His whole character feels like a plot contrivance when that's happening. And then you just don't give a shit. And I, I also just feel it all comes down to tone. And for me, like when you start with the, the high concept premise with the pickles and everything, it's really hard to go serious. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like there there's just a lot of like really heartfelt serious shit and honestly like that shit kind of resonates with me a little bit because it it reminds me of my family and my my ancestors, you know, and so like I'm primed to really relate to the the Ben character and what he's going through, you know what I mean? And I think when I read it, I actually did more than watching the movie. And I think it's all right. a tonal thing, you know, when you, mm. you have this like early Woody Allen or Mel Brooks zany concept, and then you lean so hard into the, the drama of it all. The drama works so much better as like an undercurrent to yeah. the wackiness. Right. That's not the case. Like the whole third act when they go to um, Schlupst and uh, they reunite in a synagogue and do the minion and everything. Like that shit is almost just like purely dramatic at that point. And yeah. why? It's a fucking yeah, pickle movie. It really is. It's yeah. like eat pray love, man. <laughs> eat pray love. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, I've been yeah. in that position a couple of times in public in weird situations where uh, asking for believe, a warm place to sleep. No, <laughs> having strange Jewish men come up to me and ask me to join their minion because they could tell I was Jewish and they needed oh, crazy, ten crazy. guys. 
That happened wow. to me once, I think like on, in the Santa Monica Pier, and then once in a parking lot at a fish concert. Neither time <laughs> oh, did I wow. join the Minion. You didn't do it just to see. Yeah, I, I didn't want to get like attacked by a bunch of Hasidic ninja <laughs> Jews, you know? <laughs> I'm like, sorry, guys. They shake you down for acid at the fish concert? It was weird. I mean, I probably enjoyed the first the first five minutes the most of the whole movie i think it was great the first yeah. five minutes are great you're like you're like oh man what what kind of delicious insights are we in for once they get to modern day brooklyn even even before that like when they're when he's sitting with sarah snook at like this disgusting like uh swamp bog or whatever and she's like wow thank you yeah, so much their, for taking their little me. romantic bog yeah <laughs> I, I I audibly laugh there, and he's a ditch digger, and then he's a rat killer. The like, tone I, was right on. Like, keep that vibe. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what vibes we conjure up when we go to them pickle bones. Brother Dave, unleash your pickle bones on us. <laughs> yes. I'm not a fan of pickles, first of all. I just want to say that. Dude, your screen is covered in a man. It's all I see now. <laughs> yeah, it's taken a lot for me to put that up. I love pickles, I love so pickles. it's looking great. What about nice when, when you me. go to Cantor's and they give you a nice plate? Mm, mm. Mm. That's oh, not yeah. for you. Remember those days, the before times when we would go to restaurants like Cantor's? <laughs> give you a nice plate. Sometimes you ask for a second plate. Eat them all. Those are the pickle days, gentlemen. Yeah, people love them. It's just not for me. It's not to my taste. I'm not judging <laughs> what anyone What about else. this movie? This movie, uh, also not quite to my taste. Um, but I think I'm I'm just guessing based on your reactions that I might be the, the high bone count with a strong two and a half pickle bones. Two and a half pickle bones. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the Rogan fandom coming through it could in, be, the, you in know, the clutch. I laughed out loud a few times and I laughed within myself several times and uh, I, I was touched <laughs> by the overall message and I enjoyed it. It was short. It was, it was it, short. Commit, it was very short. I didn't commit too much to it. I, I think it was a good movie, just not a very good movie. I respect that. Two and a half love and light pickle bones from Brother Dave. Brother LT, you've you've been kind of an enigma on this one. I'm just melting over here like a candle. It's like 88 <laughs> degrees outside at 9 it's o'clock at night. so nasty. And like I, I turned my AC so off nasty. like when we started, and I, I just can't move a lot. So it looks like I'm sleeping, yep. but I'm really just sitting perfectly still, listening like a like a frog You're on a log. Doing in your own brain. Yeah. Um, I got to echo and piggyback what Brother Dave uh, said. Um you know, like I, I wish it was funnier and 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 not so serious at times, considering like how outlandish the Encino Man premises uh, <laughs> and like a monkey's paw wish. Like as much as I love a good paced movie or a quick pace, like or it moves at a steady clip, this eventually like they just never, ever pump the brakes like they just yeah. keep going. And right. Like Brother Zach mentioned it's just like, yeah, they plow through a lot of interesting stuff that i feel if you just simplified it more like the jerk or elf or whatever we talked about like yeah you could really get more mileage out of it but it's sort of half-hearted once once it kind of like gets in the middle uh midpoint there so i have to give it two and a half bones as well like it's it's pretty solid Mm, two and a half from lt Mm. but it was an interesting no i forget who said it first but like it's interesting like i i was asking myself like yeah, why does it have to be Seth Rogen in both roles? Like, you could easily have, 
you know, Danny McBride as one of the guys or whoever. Um, and it might actually make it even, uh, I don't know, funnier. <laughs> right. He's powered down. Two and a half, two and a half. Brother Bishki, what do you got going on? I got a little love and light here. Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't really expecting too much because I think it's, it was kind of lukewarm in the Rotten Tomatoes score that I peaked. But you know the the kind of reminded me of the high concept of a, a great film by Alexander Payne called Downsizing. It could, you know <laughs> where, where, where yes where it could have where. It could, where it could have the heights that it could have reached if it had uh, been a little more downsizing focused. is a must see for all of our listeners. Yeah, the potential of, of, the, of yeah of, of the high concept movie, but but yeah. um, and it's extra long, way longer than this one. Yeah, yeah, it had had this one, but you know, I was entertained throughout, and the the fast pace we had some people, we had some problems with, but I didn't. I just found it refreshing because we've been watching a lot of brooding, slow just movies that are 90 minutes but still feel you know longer and so this one you know it wrapped it up quick ended on a sentimental note <laughs> seth rogan was uh i thought he was fine for both parts the 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 director is a cinematographer i guess mostly brandon yeah. trost and i thought it looked good um so two and a half bones could have done more with the premise but still enjoyable two and a half two and a half two and a half brother zach I smell Oscars. Call me um, crazy. <laughs> I, I, I think we've landed on it. I think we've landed on it. Uh, I, by the way, thought Rogan did a good job as Herschel, but maybe yes. you make Ben a little more interesting, and that would traditionally be the Rogan role, but I'm happy he could play either, but I do think we hit on it. It should be two different actors. The gimmick doesn't really make a ton of sense. It doesn't add anything to it, it and it would i only think make sense if there was a character or plot line where they get confused like big well, they business do. or something there they do that, at the yeah. end they Briefly. switch places at oh the right, end. right 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 <laughs> but i feel like we didn't need that and and the movie yeah so that was like me, a throwaway i mean like integral like like secret to right. my success like running right. back and forth type shit right but i think i think the movie would have been better if we did the, if the whole movie was the pov of herschel and we Ben is a character, but he's not an. It's not a two-hander. Um, I think it, right. I think that's a better movie, um, and I think it could have the potential for more hijinks and and stronger juxtaposition for humor and fish out of water in, in the fish out of water style that it's trying to be. It seemed so as is. Yeah, I p appreciate it's brisk. Rogan's giving it. It's all. I was rooting for it, but as my late Zadie uh, used to say often, uh, a zoigatus, which means, what are you going to do? I give it two bucks. <laughs> two and a half, two and a half, two and a half, and two. Just as the resident Rogan fanboy, I'm, I'm going to call you all to task and say it was absolutely fine for him to play both roles. And honestly, <laughs> I think the way to fix the movie would be to multiplicity his ass. Give me eight Rogans. <laughs> yes. Double different down. costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I'm Give me a it. whole minion of Rogans. <laughs> I love it. I don't mind that. Anything to anything to add some meat to what this what this ended up being. You guys are being way too fucking nice. Seth Rogan is I trust his taste. He's very talented and he does usually do the right thing, but this is so undercooked. The 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 pickles are still cucumbers here, guys. Underbrined. It's uh, so underbrined. The concept, the setup is 
perfect. It's it's it gets us there quickly, and then they just tread fucking seltzer water for the rest of the runtime. The stupid sojourn to the Canadian border that just eats up an interminable amount of time. It's not funny. It's fucking stupid. And there's n- there's no sharp commentary at all. Like this is just this is just some lazy shit. And I had high hopes for this because of the people involved, and because of a pretty much layup of a setup for 2020. Like a target-rich environment. This this hit like but a small thimbleful of the targets that it could have hit. So I'm giving this one bone. Mm, wow. wow. This, is, this is not what you came for. This is not what you wanted. And I do not recommend it whatsoever. Oh. But I'm happy that you guys found some love and light. And Lucas, quite frankly, I am shocked at your two and a half. <laughs> I think you fell asleep. No, no, no. I, I, I was awake. It was just like the drama of it. I appreciated like, you know, uh, certain moments, you know, like when they first meet each other at the police station or whatever it was kind of funny it just had things to keep me going well guys we got pickled the last thought i have is i think the short story was written i I, i'd have to look it up but i want to say around 2012 ish and my thought is that when it was written it was probably around the same time that we all remember uh that famous like may have even been the first ever portlandia episode of the dream of the 90s is alive in Portland. And then yes. didn't they do like the dream of the 1890s is alive in Portland. And they were yes, making fun of like, the whole bespoke, <laughs> uh, like Amish beard culture in hipsterdom and everything. And, and I feel like this was also uh, written around that time. And maybe you're right, uh, Lodge Master. Maybe the jokes uh, just don't hold up uh eight years later you know you gotta punch it up you gotta make it 2020 compliant y'all nevertheless thank you guys for coming out and getting pickled with us love seeing you guys yeah and uh i'm still rooting for rogan what do you got next boy bring it up serve it up love and pickles y'all funny people too do it seth stay cool love and pickles hey